the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, my friends. It is uh, a beautiful day. I'm happy, happy you're here. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy we live in the United States of America, where at least we still have, well, do we still have the Fourth Amendment? We'll get into that today. I have a whole bunch of stuff on my menu today. Some of it you'll see in the mainstream media, and some of it you won't because they are avoiding it. And uh, some things that are going to make you uh, kind of angry. And some that might bring a smile to your face. Just a a bunch of very different things in this buffet that we call Pure Opelka. I I hope to have some clarity on a few issues that are floating around. Some, uh, Some clarity on topics that I was asking about during uh, the last 20 hours, 21 hours, since we have been apart. Some things I would like to get straightened out. As uh, as I watch the media salivate over Donald Trump's approval ratings sinking, which they are, let's face it, the the president's approval ratings are not doing well. He's down uh, very, very low right now. And so what, what's he doing? It looks like the president's going back out on the road ahead of his vacation. But the president, just before he spoke uh, with the, uh, the VA people about the new changes in the VA and the new technology, he also shared some information about a big, big, huge announcement. We, uh, we're going to West Virginia tonight, by the way. We're going to have a very big announcement Uh, which will be very exciting, I think, for uh, the media and everyone else. But we have a very big announcement tonight. I believe I'll be making it in West Virginia. So that'll be very exciting. Thank you very much. I'm not sure what that means. But it's going to be a very, very big announcement for the media. Exciting for the media. (laughs) I'm mystified by this guy. Look. If you want to call up and yell at me and say I'm not supporting the president, um, you're welcome to do that, by the way. 888-900-3393, 888 The president currently is underwater, as they say in the polling business, in just about every single category. Except terrorism. He's kind of dead even on terrorism. But with his his key of portion of his base, white males, he's he's doing badly. He's not getting points on leadership. He's not getting points on trustworthiness. He's not getting points. And a lot of it has to do with where we are almost 200 days into this administration and what has been done. Nothing. Okay, we got we got a Supreme Court justice. We need to get past that and get on to actually making things happen. We've had a bunch of regulations rolled back. And because of that, yes, we've had some some benefits in the stock market. But let's be very clear. The stock market at its current levels. Record setting levels yesterday where the stock market ended. Let's check in as we speak today. 
the market is still over 22,000. And that is significant, but only 48% of America participates in the stock market. So the majority of Americans are not in that in that rousing recovery of the stock market that has happened since the president took office. And I'm not seeing salaries go up. We have seen uh, some some success in the job market. And does the president deserve credit for that? Sure, but not all the credit. Because he wouldn't deserve all the blame either if the market went down. So Donald Trump did not get the repeal and replacement of Obamacare that he wanted. He didn't get trade deals done. He didn't get the wall built or even started. We don't have tax reform. We don't have infrastructure reform started. Yesterday, we got a little bit of stuff done. A little bit of stuff done, maybe on immigration, but also that has caused a kerfuffle in in the GOP ranks. There's some interesting things we need to get to in the discussion of of the proposed immigration restrictions. And I, I have I have a lot of uh, a lot of questions about what they're proposing. And I'm one of the people who wants who wants everybody in this country who drives a car to speak English. Does that make me a racist, Jim Acosta? Well, we'll get into that. I, I want to get back to the president. The president's poll numbers, not in a good place. The president's agenda, not exactly moving forward. And we're gridlocked because the GOP is gridlocked. And the president's own White House has been in disarray. And I tend to think it's been in disarray from day one. And I said this when they announced that Reince Priebus and Steve Bannon were going to be co-equal leaders on, on the power tree inside the White House. You can't have that. So I'm glad that General Kelly is now the guy. I think that's very important. But there's just been so much chaos inside this White House. And maybe that's, that's how the president likes it. But it's not how a reliable government can function. So we move forward. Hopefully we move forward. I think this vacation is coming at a good time. I think this vacation will allow, and I hope it's a working vacation, Mr. President. I hope you get your, your key inner circle and you guys line it up and come back roaring after, after Labor Day. Because that's what it's going to be. They're going to go away for a while and they'll come back after Labor Day. And we'll see which direction the administration's first year will go. Because right now, I will, I will make a prediction right now that if, if this White House doesn't get its act together and doesn't work in concert with the House and the Senate leadership, that everybody's going to suffer. Last night, I actually heard an interview on MSNBC where Brian Williams asked uh, one of their pundits, is Donald Trump a lame duck? And there was a little bit of laughter. And then there was a little bit of, hold on a second. Is Donald Trump a lame duck president less than 200 days into his administration? Well, I can tell you this, if they can't get health care fixed, and we know it's going to crumble, it's on its way to crashing. If they can't get tax cuts, if they can't get something done on infrastructure, 
If Donald Trump can't get that big promise of the wall built or even started, his base is going to leave him. And you're going to see the rise of the Democrats in the House. I know Nancy Pelosi said it wasn't important for her to win back the House, but she was lying. But if we can't get this back in line by the end of September, I am predicting the GOP loses the House and that statement, and they lose it big. And that statement Brian Williams put, out, put forth that Donald Trump could be a lame duck president less than 200 days into his administration just might come true. And it would be a painful three years remaining. Painful. So I'm just, I'm praying and hoping this administration pulls itself together. The president can be as positive as he wants uh, when he's in front of those press cameras and speaking and making the announcements like he did about what, what we're hoping to do with the VA health care. But unless he gets the rest of it done, those of us out here who want him to succeed, those of us, us out here who want this administra administration to lead with the things they said they were going to lead with, we are not going to be happy. If you're losing white men and, and non-college educated voters, Mr. President, and now you reveal this, this immigration plan, which I tell you, I think has some really good ideas. You're setting yourself up to fail. You're setting the GOP up to fail. That's my opening statement. I need to step aside and come back. I want to get into something I think is very important. Yes, I have a vital question of the day. And yes, I have uh, an issue with the Fourth Amendment today and some other topics. Um, if, if I'm wrong on my analysis of the White House, I would love to hear from any of you. If you think I'm wrong, if you think this president is in good shape, especially with the discussions of the phone calls and the statements that uh, Mexico called him and they were happy and the Boy Scouts called him and they were happy, uh, then I need to hear from you. Because that stuff bothers me. Sarah Huckabee Sanders tried to explain it away. We'll get into that. I'm going to come back and reset. And when we come back, we will, we will cover the, the presidential questions. Is he lying about the phone calls? And does it, does it matter to you? Sure looks like it matters to America when only 33% of all of us believe in the guy. It's, it's a serious problem, I think. I have some silly stuff, too, today. So don't think I'm just going to be uh, the bummer guy today. I'm not. But when we come back, we'll get a little more into this. And then the Fourth Amendment story that is going to make you shudder. And it has taken years. And it looks like this, this makes civil asset forfeiture look like you stubbed your toe when you hear this story that I have for you today. Michael Pelka and Puro Pelka will be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka, my uh, early opening here and my 
my disgust with the president and and his his lying. Let's face it, he's not being truthful. It it's very disturbing. It's very disturbing. And and Sarah Huckabee Sanders trying to defend the president and trying to say that he's not lying is even more troubling. And I know she has to protect her boss, but she got quizzed on it a little bit yesterday. Multiple members of the Boy Scout leadership uh, following his speech there that day uh, congratulated him, praised him, and offered uh, quite powerful uh, compliments. Well, what about the ones that had to print the basic apology and say, we're sorry that the president's speech was so political? It's a big deal. And what about what about the other call? Was the president lying about these calls? He was referencing the conversation that they had had at the G20 summit where they specifically talked about the issues that he referenced. Just I want you to listen to the double speak in that in, in that answer. He was referencing the conversation that they had had at the G20 summit where they specifically talked about the issues that he referenced. You know, I was going to get into Stephen Miller and the three plus minute back and forth that he had with Jim Acosta. But I, I give Stephen Miller a pass because Stephen Miller is not a press person. Stephen Miller is a policy person. And that whole circus yesterday was a giant distraction. But Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the voice. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the face and the voice of the administration to the media. So this kind of double talk isn't helping. And I know it's got to be difficult when your boss is not doing anything to help you out. Very disturbing about all this. And, and it causes great consternation because I am a person who openly says, I voted for Trump because he'd be better than Hillary. I still believe he'd be better than Hillary in the long run, but I need him to be better than Hillary. I don't need him to be Hillary. If I wanted a lying person in the White House, I would have said, let's go. I'm with her. Instead, I'm getting a guy who can't and, and this, these are what the poll numbers are showing. This is not just me. He's below the, the level of his base. Not, not on leadership, not on the economy, not on health care. The only place the president is, is even on uh, a, a level field with his negative ratings. The only place is dealing with terrorism. And I, I wonder if that's going to hold. Please, Mr. President, please straighten this out for, for the sake of all of us. Even yesterday with the sanctions uh, against Russia and the discussion of signing that law into effect. Even with that, the president seemed to. Well, he confused me. Here's what he said. He also sent a clear signal well, that we won't Sarah. tolerate interference in our democratic process by Russia. She basically said um, the president supports the bill. She went on to talk about the sanctions. And th this, again, more confusion, I think.
The bill was improved, but Congress has encroached on the power of the presidency, and he signed it in the interest of national unity. Saying the president signed this bill in the interest of national unity after you said the bill encroached on the on the power of the presidency, to me, shows that there is not a full understanding of the three branches of government here. Not a full understanding of checks and balances. I do think that the Senate and the House passing a bill by such overwhelming majorities shows the president, hey, if you tweak this bill in any way, shape, or form, we're just going to pass it again and it's going to be uh, veto-proof. And guess what? That doesn't take away from the power of the presidency. All it does is show the brilliance of the founders in protecting the entire country from a president from who, who would want to become a tyrant, a dictator, whatever you want to call it. I'm not calling Trump a tyrant or a dictator. I'm just saying the genius of the founders is on full exhibition here. The brilliance. It doesn't take away from the power of the presidency. He still has the power of executive orders, but the, the Congress has the power of the purse. And that's got to be uh, something that cannot be underestimated. Absolutely cannot be underestimated or undercut. Now, the Stephen Miller thing, I know you've heard it endlessly. And the Jim Acosta statement and his reading of Emma Lazarus's poem. Why did he have to read it? Doesn't everybody know that? Doesn't everybody have that last that last paragraph memorized? Hasn't that been drilled into our heads? And no, it's not law and it's not part of the Statue of Liberty. It was an add-on. It has as much relevance to the actual Statue of Liberty as the defiant girl does to the bull on Wall Street. If you want to get down to it, that's Emma Lazarus's interpretation. It's a beautiful poem. It's an absolutely beautiful poem. But to say that that is the Statue of Liberty, no, it's not. It's Emma Lazarus's interpretation. Very different. Somebody added to the monument. It is, in my opinion, the same thing as putting that little girl defiantly standing, you know, different attitude, of course. Emma Lazarus isn't striking down the Statue of Liberty, but that's her interpretation. I think it's beautiful. But Jim Acosta doesn't get it. I think Jim Acosta wants his own show. And he'll probably get it. This will probably get him enough attention to get him a show somewhere. We'll see. But I'm not going to replay the Stephen Miller thing. You've heard it enough. I'm tired of people screaming at each other back and forth all day long. When we get back, uh, there was some screaming involved in this next story. There, there was some screaming. And there was a, a violation of the Fourth Amendment a few years ago that is just finally getting its day in court, or at least getting a real understanding of what happened and maybe a chance for the people whose rights were violated to, uh, to grab their dignity and maybe some of their lives back. What is Mike talking about? Well, it's about the Fourth Amendment, and we'll get into it after the break. Come on back. This is Pure Opelka.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I, I want to do a little bit of uh, history here, civics lessons. We don't teach civics anymore, which means we probably aren't teaching government or the Constitution or any of that stuff. And we talk about the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and the Third Amendment, but do we? And we and we sometimes talk about the Fourth Amendment. But I think the Fourth Amendment is the one that we now need to stand up and start getting as strong as we are for the First and Second Amendment. The Fourth Amendment reads, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Couldn't be any more clear, could it? You don't have to have a law degree to understand that. You can understand what that means, that you can't just be stopped and searched without some reasonable suspicion, probable cause supported by oath or affirmation. And if you're going to get a warrant placed against you, it has to be detailed to talk about the place to be searched, the persons to be searched, and the things to be seized. Keep that in mind. When I tell you this story, a story that's titled, We'll Never Be the Same. A hydroponic tomato garden led police to raid a Kansas family's home. This story is a gigantic nightmare. And it comes to us courtesy of the Chicago Tribune. It didn't happen in Chicago. Let me give you the basic details. Bob Hart had his alarm set for 720 and he was awake going up to get the kids ready for school. He had a seventh grader and a kindergartner. And that's when uh, 18 minutes after he got up and started getting, getting out of bed, he heard a huge commotion. As he described it, like a starter's pistol. There was pounding at the door of his house in Leewood, Kansas, just outside of Kansas City, one of those bedroom communities. Thunderous pounding. It wouldn't stop. Bob, Bob was wondering, what, what the hell's going on? What do I do? Sounded like the house was coming down, he would tell people later. 51-year-old Bob Hart, wearing only his gym shorts, left his wife in the bedroom and started wandering downstairs. The solid front door of their home with a tiny window at eye level was one foot square. And as he approached, he saw there was a crowd on his front porch. He opened the door. Seven members of the, of the Johnson County Police Department shoved their way into the house. They had guns brandished, a battering ram. He found himself lying on the floor, his hands behind his head, his eyes 
staring only at the boots of a cop standing over him with an AR-15. Where are the kids? The officers were yelling. Where are the kids? Hart tells the press, I'm, I'm laying there staring at this guy's boots, fearing for my kids' lives, trying to tell them where my children are. And they're sending guys with their guns drawn, running upstairs to burst into my children's area, the house, the bedroom, and wake them out of bed. Hart's wife came running downstairs with the children. The two little ones had their hands up when they saw the guns. The family of four placed on a couch as the police went through the property. And what were they looking for, they asked. Oh, narcotics was all they would say. The wife immediately thought, and she has said this in their depositions, it's because of the hydroponic garden. She told him, him they, they were looking for the hydroponic garden. Bob was like, no way, come on now. There's no way. Plus, marijuana is not a narcotic, so why are they looking for pot? All of this, they're doing all of this for pot? For two hours they sat on the couch. Two hours. They were finally shown the warrant. Indeed, the hunt was for marijuana. And the hearts were fab flabbergasted. First of all, they said, all of this? All of this? That happened on April 20th of 2012. April 20th of 2012. Five years ago, over five years ago. The county would not furnish, at least from the arrest, would not furnish desired arrest and publicity. They had planned a news conference for the afternoon. You see, they were so sure they were going to catch a major pot grow operation in this house that they had set up a news conference and alerted the media. That news conference didn't happen. It turns out the people uh, who lived in the house, the mom and dad and the two kids, upstanding citizens, they had perfect records, very clear records, nothing going on in their background. As a matter of fact, the two of them met at work when they worked at the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA. They didn't grow weed. They didn't grow weed. So how did this happen? What triggered this? What caused this storming of their home, this, this two hours, this search? Tea leaves and a tomato plant. Their lives were turned upside down. Our family will never be the same, Addie Hart told the Washington Post. And if this can happen to us, everybody in the country needs to be afraid, her husband added. So how did this happen? How did this happen? They filed a federal lawsuit against the county, the city, the officers involved. A federal judge threw out the claim. Threw it out, said you can't do that. Those people are protected. However, that was five years ago. This week, a three-judge panel of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 10th District ruled that, in fact, the Hart family and their suit could move forward. This has huge possible implications for the Fourth Amendment and legislation targeting bad officer behavior. There's more to this. And it's, it's interesting because 
this this destroying of this this family's comfort and calm is possibly going to uh, be repeated because Attorney General Jeff Sessions is promising to reprioritize marijuana investigations. He wants he wants to be a little tougher. But the the weirdest part of this is how this even happened and how this became a thing. How this how this uh, April 20th, 2012 raid happened started all the way back in 1997. This is when the Missouri State Highway Patrol started started doing what they called regular surveillance of parking lots outside of hydroponic garden stores in their state. They believed that the people that were shopping in hydroponic gardening stores in Missouri were probably setting up grow labs in their house, indoor grow labs. So they actually had somebody surveilling the parking lots outside of these stores starting as far back as 1997. Let's go back 20 years. An officer would write down the license plate, enter the names in the database, and they came up with a program that in 2011 they, they revived and called it Operation Constant Gardener. They said they would supply different agencies in, in the state with the names of customers within their jurisdiction, and you can have two weeks to investigate them and maybe probable cause for a search warrant because we believe the people who were, who were growing using hydroponic equipment were probably growing bad things. Remember, it was a single tomato plant that was found in the Hart's home, a single tomato plant. They talked about doing this according to uh, Agent Wingo's plan, Sergeant, Sergeant Wingo, not Agent Wingo. According to Wingo's plan, he said, uh, we're going to put this together. We're going to have simultaneous strikes all around the state, and it'll be great. And why don't we do it? Do it on a day that would resonate with the drug community, especially the marijuana community. Let's do it on April 20th. 420, man. They thought it would be a significant media event. Operation Constant Gardener had some raids that were successful. 30 different police agencies participated. 52 indoor grow operations were brought in, at least according to court records. Media coverage was very positive. At least that was their interpretation. So a year later, they decided we're going to do it again. 2012. 2012. And that's where we end up at the Hart's house on 2012. Now, there weren't a whole lot of names of people who shopped in in hydroponic labs or hydroponic stores in the area where the Hearts lived. They didn't have a whole lot of names. But they did have just barely enough to fully justify a, a 420 operation. Bob Hart was among the names that were in there. I'm going to go back to the story after the break. The Fourth Amendment is kind of important, folks. Kind of important. And when police go on these crazy slipshod raids into the homes of innocent people, there has to be the right of the people not only to 
be able to feel secure in their homes, in their persons, in their property, in their papers, etc. But when bad things happen like this, you have to be able to you have to be able to sue the government when they screw up. We'll go back to the uh, rest of the story after a short break. This is Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We're in the middle of a story of the the Fourth Amendment violation that I think is so egregious. I'm very happy it's been allowed to go back to the courts because it was originally the suit against the the offenders was originally thrown out. It's the story of Bob and Addie Hart of a Kansas City area suburb and their home in 2012 that was overrun by officers who had a warrant and they were looking for pot. They suspected a grow operation was in the house. They tore up the house and they scared the hell out of the wall, out of the uh, hearts and their kids. And to this day, the kids still have trouble. According to Bob and Addie, the kids still get nervous when they pass a police car. They were terrified. One was in seventh grade and the other was in kindergarten the wall the uh addy and bob the hearts were cia agents they had careers in the cia and 10 years later they relocated to kansas city in 1989 they met in uh, they met in 89 in 99 they moved to kansas city and they got out of the agency and addy was working as an attorney at a local financial company and bob was raising the kids and around 2011, Bob thought, you know what? We're going to teach these kids how to grow stuff. We're going to grow tomatoes and, and squash and vegetables in a hydroponic garden in the basement. It's going to be educational. He went and bought the setup. Not a big one. But, you know, the PVC pipes, the, uh, the lamps, the seeds, the dirts. And he got the supplies from a store that was under surveillance by the uh, by the local police eight months later eight months after he set up the vegetable garden in the basement law enforcement was tearing up the house every inch of the house looking for drugs nothing was found nothing you're sitting in your house says Addie. Miranda writes Red Hue. It's completely surreal. No pot was turned up. When they left, when the police left, they said the family had been targeted and surveilled because marijuana seeds and stems had been found on their property. And the cops, as they were leaving, said, you better take your kid to a pediatrician and get a drug test because he's probably smoking pot. Neither one of the hearts had smoked pot and the kids didn't have it. They pulled their trash, not once but twice. The feds wanted to see if there was any evidence in the trash before the raid. They had pulled their trash and in the trash found found something that was listed on the police reports as wet glob vegetation. Wet tea leaves. Wet tea leaves. 
the cops didn't save the sample. They threw it away, and that caused the judge problem. Now, in November 2013, they filed their lawsuit. It was thrown out in December of 2015. But this week, a three-week panel, a three-panel uh, judge group said that the state can go back to district court. They issued a 100-page decision pushing back against the claim that the cops are immune from such prosecution. The Fourth Amendment does not condone this conduct, and neither can I, said one of the judges. We'll wrap this up after the break. The Fourth Amendment, it needs to be protected. And we need to stop sloppy work like this. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.